God is good? And all the time? Would you pray with me this morning? God, we are humbled to be a part of your church. Lord, we're grateful this morning that we get to gather and, and sing the praises of God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son. Lord, we are here to worship the name of Jesus. Lord, as we read in your scripture, there is no name under heaven or earth except the name of Jesus by which we can be saved. And we are thankful for the gift of Jesus today. Bless our time in your word. Challenge us, Lord, as we hear stories of what you are doing all over the world. We will give you the praise and the glory. It's in the precious and powerful name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, thank you. You may be seated this morning. Glad that you chose to worship with us uh, today. And uh, thankful for you being here. And uh, I... uh, if you're not aware, as, uh, as, as Stefan already mentioned, we are uh, kind of getting to wrap up our week-long uh, really celebration of what God is doing all over the world through the endeavors of, of you as a church and through our missionaries. And uh, man, I've been really blessed this week to hear all that God is doing all over the world. And I'm thankful I get to be a part of it. I'm, uh, I'm humbled that I get to be a part of it. And so I'm thankful for you. Uh, if you're new here, my name is John, and I'm blessed to be the pastor here. If, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my wife, Joy, and I, we will be right out in the foyer as soon as the church is dismissed, and we would love to meet with you and just say hi to you. So if, if you would like to stop by, we'll be right out in the foyer. And I do want to introduce to you today, we have some uh, new uh, church members that are going to be a part of our family. We've already been through our membership uh, class, and so John and Lily uh, Wilson, and uh, they uh, have uh, two kids, two grandkids, Piper and Bentley, and uh, they're seated right back there in the stadium. Could you guys just wave at us? Yeah, welcome them to our family. Appreciate them being here uh, today. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, we're going to get there uh, in a moment. Uh, before we do, though, as, I, as we mentioned last week, and as you can see on the screen here, this theme, join uh, the story, and Soya talked about that, that, that we have an opportunity to uh, connect our story to what our missionary story is, but really, God is the one writing this story. It's, it's all God's story, and so we get to be a part of, of His story, and so we want to connect you to what God is doing here and uh, last week I shared with you. So in, in your bulletin, you probably, if you got a bulletin, there is, uh, hopefully, you got one of these Connect cards. We talked about this last week. And I mentioned last week how that uh, my wife, when she was in first grade, she got a card similar to this. And she made her first faith promise missions commitment. So she committed for a year as a first grader that she would give 10 cents a week uh, to help missions. And, and I tell you that just to say that I was blessed uh, just like my wife was blessed to be raised, uh, understanding what this meant and how I could be involved in, in people's story all over the world. And interestingly enough, last week after I shared that story about my wife, I heard about uh, two fourth grade boys in our church. One of them, as they were sitting in church last week, and you guys were probably looking at this card and thinking about it, a fourth grade boy wrote out that he was going to give 25 cents a week uh, to missions. I thought, how awesome is that? And then he even told uh, his parents that he, he already had $7 saved, so he's got his covered in case, you know, maybe God doesn't come through for a while or something. And uh, so he's planning ahead, which is great. And, and then there was another fourth grade boy that went home and told his parents 
I need a raise on my allowance so that I can give to missions, all right? So I think that's pretty smart, right? And so uh, if, if kids can get it, we can get it, right? We want to be a part of it. And I made this statement last week and asked this question, and I hope you've been wrestling with it this week. And the statement was, what if I told you that, that a $5 weekly investment, a $5 weekly investment, and we understand $5 really isn't that much, is it? And $5 weekly investment, what if I told you that that $5 would allow someone to find and follow Jesus? Would, would whatever sacrifice that looks like for you to give $5 a week, would it be worth that sacrifice if one person came to know Jesus Christ? And I think it's easy answer. And so I hope you've been wrestling, praying this week about, uh, many of you have been involved in faith promise giving for many years at this church or maybe at another church. Uh, and some of you are new to this. And so I just want to encourage you to, to join the story. Be a part of it. And so at the close of our service uh, today, during our time of response, we'll end with a, a song of worship. We're going to give you an opportunity just to bring these cards, uh, hopefully filled out, and just lay them on the, on the altar this morning and pray over them. Pray that God would provide and also pray for these missionaries that this money is going to help. And I mentioned how many of our missionaries are part of an organization called the Baptist Bible Fellowship. And last year, and so this question, what if I told you a $5 investment each week could lead someone to find and follow Jesus. And in last year, uh, there were, through the missionaries of the Baptist Bible Fellowship, there were 128,000, almost 800 people who gave their life to Jesus last year. Isn't that awesome? Let's give the Lord a hand for that. What, and, and this represents about, about 400 missionary uh, families. Almost 19,000 were baptized um, and through that missions office, that organization, they processed, in other words, money that we or some other churches sent to the missions office that they then just gave 100% of that back to the missionaries that it's supposed to go to. They processed $32 million. And so when you, when you do the math, which I'm not good enough to do, but when you do the math on that money, then I can assure you that a $5 weekly investment last year allowed one person to find and follow Jesus. And so I ask again the question, is it worth a $5 sacrifice every week so that someone this year could find and follow Jesus? Yeah, I think it is. And so when we think about this, missions is kind of a weird word, right? Because it seems like, especially if you're in church very long, when you hear the word missions, you automatically think of somewhere else. You think of you know, the farthest place you could think of, or maybe it's the coolest place you would like to go visit, or maybe it's like a place you would never want to go. That's what we think of when we think of missions. But really, missions is, is not just a ministry of the church. Mission is the mission of the church, and we, we talked about that. What is the mission of the church? We find the mission of the church in Acts chapter 1, and, and what did Jesus say? You shall be witness of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. We're to be witnesses of God. That's the mission. We also find the mission in, in Matthew chapter 28, and what did Jesus say there? Go make disciples of all nations, and so we understand very clearly that the mission of the church is simple. It's to make disciples. But it's not only to make disciples here in the context of our local church, but we're to make disciples not only locally, but globally. We're always, missions is about giving and going. 
We're giving money and we're going. Whether that's going across the street, going across the hallway, going across the locker room, going across the cubicle space. We're all to be going on mission to make disciples. And as we've mentioned several times, that's the mission of the church. But what's the vision of our church? Well, the vision of our church is to fulfill the mission of the church. And that is to lead people to find and follow Jesus. But that doesn't just stop here in the context of our own community. We want to lead people to find and follow Jesus locally and globally, all over the world. And so we can do that because we have some amazing, amazing missionaries. So Romans chapter 10. I want to read just a few verses this morning. And I want you, as we look through this, we're going to read, starting in verse number 9, we're going to stop at verse 13. And here in a few minutes, we're going to pick up at verse 14. So Romans chapter 10, and so we make sure that you kind of understand briefly the context, the setting here. And so uh, as Paul is writing, he gives us his understanding of what is, what is salvation? What, the, the mission of the church is to make disciples, to lead people to find and follow Jesus. And in Romans 10 verse 9, here's what he says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. What a great statement. If you believe and you confess, you shall be saved. If you believe that Jesus is who he says he is. If you believe Jesus is the Messiah. If you believe that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if you believe that, you believe and confess in the name of Jesus, here's the statement that Paul makes. You shall be saved. That means you shall be restored, you shall be redeemed, you shall have eternal life, you shall have a relation with God the Father through Jesus the Son. Well, let's keep reading verse number 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And here's a declaration, a statement in verse number 13. Whoever calls on the Lord shall be Saved, not might be, may be, hope to be. It says, whoever calls on the Lord shall be, what's the word? Saved, rescued, redeemed, restored, forgiven, eternal life. For whoever calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, this past Friday I had an opportunity uh, to go to one of our local elementary schools to Dallas Park. And, and uh, they had emailed me, I don't know, a month or two ago asking if I would be a part of their career day. And uh, I didn't really want to do it. Um, it's not like my greatest uh, goal to go teach pre-K and kindergarten kids for 30 minutes. And it was like, I had this great excuse. It's missions conference week. I'm going to be really busy, uh, and I'm not going to go. Okay, I'm just being a little transparent with you guys. I know you guys think I should want to go all the time, but I didn't want to go. And in fact, in my mind, I, so I said yes, but dreading it the whole time. And last week I had in my mind, oh, it's Thursday. We have something going on Thursday. I emailed the principal. Oh, sorry, I over, you know, I, I got people from out of the country. I made it sound really important. Um, and I can't meet Thursday. I'm sorry. And then his response was back, well, it's Friday, not Thursday. <laughs> I really had in my mind Thursday. I mean, I even had the conversation with my wife. I can't go Thursday. No, you can't go Thursday. And then so the Lord says, it's Friday. So I emailed it back. I'm sorry, I'll be there. Sorry, God, you know. <laughs> so I, I have an opportunity. I, I went to seven different classes and spoke for 25 minutes to a kindergarten, a pre-K class, 
praise the Lord for pre-K teachers. Uh, and then second, third grade. But this, I went into the second grade class. And it's career day. Uh, most of them didn't know what my career was. But I walked in this class, and, and the teacher had already told them my career. So I said, okay, let me ask you a question. What, what, is this, what is a preacher supposed to say? What is he supposed to tell people? This kid raised his hand. I was like, yes, sir. He's like, you're supposed to tell them the gospel. Okay. Smarty pants. I said, all right, so what's the gospel? The good news. Okay. Anybody else want to answer my question? No, I said, does somebody know what the good news is? What's the gospel? Some other kid raises their hand and he says, well, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Wow. Does anybody know why Jesus Christ died on our sins? Another kid raised his hand. Because we're sinners and we need forgiveness. That's pretty awesome. Not every kid knew that. But when I left the room, guess what? Every kid knew that. And every class that I went into, guess what they heard? The gospel, the good news. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, Paul goes on to ask a few really rhetorical questions. So I want us to look at these questions that he asks, but understand the question follows a declarative statement, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a done deal. If you confess the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, what Paul is saying here is you will be saved, you will be restored, you will be redeemed, you will be forgiven, you will have a relationship with God that lasts for eternity. But then he asks these questions that I want us to wrestle with this morning. First question is this, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed. Just like these second grade students, how can they call on someone who they've never believed in? How can they believe in someone who've never heard? The next question, how shall they believe in him who they've never heard? Do you realize that there is people in our community, lots of people in our community that never have never heard the name of Jesus? They don't know that all they have to do is confess and believe and they can have salvation. They don't know that. And so Paul asks these questions. The third question he asks is, how shall they hear without a preacher? And again, this doesn't mean preacher as like career day, the preacher that comes into the school. This is someone who's just telling the gospel, proclaiming the gospel. It's you. You shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. That's what Jesus said. He's talking not to quote-unquote preachers. He's talking to believers. You who have already found and are following Jesus, Jesus says, you are the witnesses of me wherever you go. In Matthew 28, when Jesus said, go make disciples, the understanding of that is not going over to Peru to make disciples. The understanding is wherever you go, make disciples. If you're going to North Crowley High School, make disciples. If you're going to Centennial High School, make disciples. If you're going to IBM to work, go make disciples. Are, are you understanding? Are you tracking with me? Stephanie, are you tracking with me? We're all to make disciples. How shall they hear without a preacher? Those people you work with. Are you assuming that they've heard? Have they heard it from you? The fourth question he, he asked, well, how shall they preach unless they're sent? So the commission Jesus gave was go. Now when we talk about foreign missions, global missions, making disciples globally, here's where we as a church get to be a part of it. Because God hasn't called all of you or all of me to go to Peru or to Southeast Asia 
or to the Philippines or to Cambodia. He hasn't called all of us to go to those places, but he's called us to make sure the gospel goes to all those places. And we have people in the room today that are willing to go to those places. So what is now our responsibility? It's to get them there. Because how can people believe in whom they've never heard? And how can they know and believe if they've never even heard the name of Jesus? And how are these people going to go who God has called to these specific locations to give the gospel unless we send them, unless we fund them, unless we make a way for them to go? That's the, the reason that we're asking you to commit these cards. I want to give so people can go. Hey, Hallmark. My name is Garrett. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I'm 24 years old. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm here with my lovely wife, Leslie. Um, uh, I just want to say thank you guys so much. This is my very first mission conference, and, and I've been so welcomed and, and loved and encouraged by all of you guys, and it's been such an amazing time just getting to know you guys and sharing my ministry um, earlier when we were reading uh, Bible verses in three different languages, I got, I got really emotional, which is, which is weird for me because I only get emotional if I watch The Notebook. Um, <laughs> but I just got really emotional because God really is a God of all nations and all people groups and all cultures. And just to look around and see so many people, people groups and cultures represented here and just to hear all these stories from these missionaries and what God is doing around the world, it's so cool to see, like, how we can all be a part of the story. And, and the story is, is God rescuing people from their sins all around the world. That's what the story is, and we're all called to be a part of that. Um, some of us are called to move to Peru or to China, but some of us are called here in Fort Worth. And, and growing up in Boston, my dad was a pastor, and I never really felt called to be a pastor. Uh, I, I loved business, and I loved starting things, but I never, I never really knew like, how I could join the story and how I could be a part of building the kingdom and, and being a part of the Great Commission. I didn't know how my calling for business fit into that. And it wasn't until an internship where I went to India and worked with a business that offered alternate employment for women who were in really tough situations there, where they, where they shared the gospel through the relationships that they made, where I learned, like, you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary moving abroad. You could, you could be part of the story right here. You can be a part of the story through whatever God has gifted you with. Like if you're, if you work for IBM, like you can glorify God and be a part of the story through that. If you're in construction or a plumber, like if anything, like whatever God has called you to do, you could be a part of the story. And it wasn't until that where I, I really learned that. And so uh, Mana brought me on to, to help do that for students around the world, to help create experiences like my, my trip to India. So I will be developing MANA's internship program for students and, and young adults here in the United States where we have, man, we have over 250 projects in 50 countries and we want to create opportunities for students to learn where they can fit into the story, where they can like learn to use what they've been gifted with, what they feel like God has given them a passion for, to glorify God and to serve other people. Uh, and this is, a, this is a brand new program, this is a very new ministry and so uh, I'm, I'm, we're revamping it, and we're starting it from the ground up. Uh, but we have had a couple of interns in the past, and, and I just wanted to share uh, two quick stories of interns we've had this past summer. Uh, I don't know if we have a picture of them, uh, but, but over here, you may know them. Uh, the, the girl on the left, her name is Kelsey Kitts, and the guy on the right, his name is Blaze Lehrman. They're both for, from Granbury, I think that's the name. Forgive me if that's not. 
but they're both from Granbury, Texas, and they went to do an internship in Europe with us this past summer. Um, and both of them learned how they can fit into this story. And what's really cool is, is that they're both in their early 20s, like they're still in college. But Kelsey just took a job, uh, a position with Manna once she graduates this next year. And Blaze just took a full-time job as a youth pastor. And, and they, they've given their lives to this story at such a young age because of the, these experiences where God has challenged them. Um, and where, where God has called them to. And they figured out where they fit into this story. Um, and I just want to challenge you guys, like, man, there's so many lost people here in Texas as well. You don't have to go far to find someone who, who, who hasn't given their lives to Jesus. And so I want to challenge you guys, be intentional with the people here, but also it's so cool how you guys, God is using uh, Hallmark to reach the nations. Like, God is using you guys to reach people all over the world. These stories like, they can't be stories without you guys and without your support and without your prayer and without your generosity. And I just wanted to thank you guys uh, for being a part of all of our stories and, and, and stories from around the world. Um, and, and thank you for being a part of mine and, and equipping more missionaries and students to go out and, and multiplying more missionaries to go out and share the gospel. So thank you guys. Good morning, uh, Hallmark Baptist Church. And it is a great blessing for me to stand and to share the story back in our home in, in Cambodia. So I got saved in 1996, and I was born in 1978, and then I never heard about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ at all until 1996. So I got saved, and two and a half years later, my father, he followed me to receive Christ as his personal and Savior. So back in 19, uh, 2008, I really have a burden to share the gospel to my uncle and my auntie. And I've been told them many times, I forget it many times that I've been sharing with them, but it's many times. But my wife and I, we've been praying for him 11 years until 1999, I'm sorry, until 2019, my uncle showed up in July 19, uh, 2019, he showed up to the church. And in that day, he and, he, uh, he and his wife received Christ as their personal and Savior. So I, I'm really thankful to the Lord. But five months later, my uncle, he's really sick. He went to the hospital, and the, do and the doctor found out that he had a stomach cancer. So... And he passed away in, uh, he passed away after one month later when he went to the hospital. But I do thank the Lord that one day I will see my uncle again in heaven. So I never, I, I really do thankful to the Lord that God always answers my prayers because God is God alive and answers prayers. So may God bless you all. Mark, thank you so much for uh, just inviting missions into your, into your family. Thank you for leading a congregation that loves missions so much. Uh, my wife and I uh, are honored to be here with you this week. Part of our story is that we were diagnosed with infertility uh, early on in our marriage. Obviously, you see we have one son. Uh, he was a blip on the radar, and uh, that has always been, uh, it's, it's been a big part of our story, uh, and we have begun 
begun the process multiple different times, uh, either to adopt or uh, to, to uh, foster kids. We've been involved in two different rescue uh, ministries uh, and orphanage min uh, orphan care. And we absolutely love orphan care, orphan ministry, because infertility was part of our story. My wife also uh, was adopted as a baby. Uh, this mo re most recently, we were in the process to, uh, to adopt. A young lady had come to us and said, hey, uh, I'm pregnant, uh, and I won't be able to keep the, the baby. Uh, I know you guys would love to have a baby. And so we began that conversation. Uh, and then, unfortunately, uh, she changed her mind uh, in her eighth month of pregnancy. Uh, and that was pretty tough. Uh, that was pretty tough. And to just end up here and say that that was not uh, difficult, it was, it was super tough. Uh, and those days that, you know, when, you're, uh, when you've got to get up and you've got to go to work, uh, and when you're in ministry, those days are even harder. I've got to get up and I've got to serve somebody, and I've got to love somebody, even when it's really difficult. Um, there was one... There was one Sunday that they were like, you know what? I don't want to go to church. I don't want to do this. This is hard. Uh, but, you know, as the the leaders of the community we're supposed to be there we don't have a uh we don't have a hey I, I can't come today because i need an emotional day type thing so we uh you know we went to church and my wife she she put a smile on and we're loving people that day uh a young man do we have a picture of of young guy he he came to our church for one of the for the first time that I can remember, I think he'd come to a youth activity, and then he came to our church. I had no idea who this kid was. We went up to him. We started. We, we introduced ourselves. His name's Jan uh, Franco. Uh, we call him Franco. Uh, and he began to tell us our. He began to tell us his story. Uh, and he told us a story about how uh, several years before that he had lost his parents. His parents had died, uh, and he was living with an aunt, and he was kind of couch surfing. Uh, and he didn't have uh, kind of any roots in having anything. He was trying to finish school, struggling in school, uh, finishing his, his uh, senior year. And we began to just love on him and began to get to know him. Uh, through our ministry, uh, Franco accepted Christ. Uh, I had the privilege last year to, to baptize uh, Franco. Um, and so that, uh, which is pretty cool, that picture was at uh, his graduation uh, just this last, uh, the week before we came back on furlough. And he had, he had asked Kat and I to be his parents at his graduation. So you have to have, like, mom and dad come, and they walk you in, and they have, like, a, a mother-son or a mother-daughter dance. Uh, and so Kat was able to dance with, with uh, Franco. And we were able to stand up and say, yeah, I, I received that on his behalf uh, as his parents. Uh, and this was pretty cool because our story started off pretty crappy. You know, hey, you're never going to have kids. Uh, and God gave us a lovely son, a beautiful son, uh, but he also gave us other people like Franco that are part of our story, part of our family. Thank you guys for uh, the investment. He got us five bucks. Five bucks was, was what it took to get Franco into heaven. How cool. Thank you. I've shared this week that 85% of the pastors around the world have no theological training. That's over 3 million pastors. And I want to introduce you to one of those this morning. Um, this is a picture of Jose Tayaban. Um, he lives in the village of Napayo in the province of Ifigal. That village is approximately an 8 to 10 hour van ride north of Manila. 
um, in a very, very rural, mountainous region. Jose is a farmer, and like many Filipino men, even though he was saved in 1989, he's 55 years old now. Um, after work or towards the end of the day, it's common for Filipino men to sit around and drink together, um, really until nighttime comes, especially in the village, not a whole lot else to do, and Jose would sit and drink with those, those men, um, often getting drunk by the end of the night. We went in March of 2019 to propose a Bible institute in this region. Jose came to that meeting as a member of that village, and we launched that Bible institute in August of 2019, and Jose was one of our students. I didn't know this at the time, but in that time frame, Jose had committed that he was going to study the Word of God and give up alcohol altogether. He no longer goes and sits with those men in the evening, um, but the story for Jose doesn't stop there. Jose studied and studied, and the pastor of this church, this is the church in Napayo, was called to a church down the road a little ways and left an opening or a gap in the pastoral role in Napayo. And the church asked Jose to serve as pastor. And this is in December. Jose was commissioned as the pastor of the vibrant evangelical church in Napayo in Ifagao, Philippines. Because of your investment in missions, in love and support of our family, Jose's life took a total different trajectory in 2019. He was headed down a road possibly of even alcoholism, and today he has given up alcohol altogether completely and is serving the people of Napayo Village and pastoring this church. And so I just want to say thank you on behalf of Jose. I just want to share with you one, one verse of scripture really in closing, and it's Philippians 4.17. And right before we get to Philippians 4.17, let, let me just give you the context of what's taking place here. Of course, uh, Paul is writing this letter in Philippians. He's writing this letter to the church there. And in this section particularly, he's thanking them for their generosity. If you know the story of Paul, Paul was uh, a bad guy, right? He, he, was, he was actually killing people who believed in Jesus. God got his attention. He gave his life to Jesus, confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior. And then he started telling people, and he traveled all over the area. And so he's, in my estimation, one of the greatest missionaries to ever live. And so Paul, and, and we think about the context this morning, Paul is like these men and women who stood before you today who testified of what God is doing in, in their ministry as they are missionaries in other countries. And what Paul was writing to the church here is to say thank you. Just like these men got up and said, thank you for your generosity. Thank you for giving so that we could go. And, and here's what Paul said in verse 17 of Philippians 4. After he's thanking the church for giving. And he says, not that I seek the gift. What, what does that mean? Because all these missionaries that, that stood up here before you this morning, they really cannot go where they're supposed to go unless someone gives them money so they can go. But what Paul was saying is, listen, I, God is going to supply. You know, later he would write, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Paul completely trusted in God. And so what Paul was saying is not that I necessarily seek your gift. I would even add what Paul is saying is that I don't even need your money. So why be motivated to give? Paul is saying, I don't need your money. I'm not after your money. 
but he's asking them to give their money. So what's the purpose? What's the motivation? Look what it says. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. What Paul is saying is, listen, the reason I want you to be a part of giving so that people can go is because I want you to be a part of the story. As you give so that these missionaries can go, what Paul then is saying is the ministry, the fruit, those who've been saved, those who got out of alcoholism to become a pastor, those, that, that happened because you were generous. Their story is a part of your story. You know, as Garrett was standing up here talking, I, I think about his story and how our story is connected to his story. You realize about 16 years ago, his dad uh, came to this church and was, had a vision to plant a church in Boston. And if you know much about history of people planting churches in Boston, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it never happened. No one really ever succeeded in that. And so this church got behind Garrett's father who went to Boston and started a church. And out of that church now, there's at least five other churches that have been started because of that one ministry. And what Paul would say is because you as a church were generous, there's fruit to your account. One of them stood right before you today. As he showed the picture up there on the screen, two other people, uh, Kelsey Kitts and Blaze Learman, he, he give you those pictures. Guess what? Hallmark, about 15 years ago, Lonnie Learman came to this church and needed money because he was going to plant a church in Granbury, Texas. And guess what this church did? They gave so that Lonnie could go. And, and a few years later, Lonnie wanted to start another church in Glen Rose, Texas. And guess what? This church was a part of that. And those two kids that are on that picture, one is Lonnie's son, Blaze. Kelsey, the other one, is the daughter of the pastor in Glen Rose, Texas. Listen, the blessing that God gives because you give, we'll, we'll never be able to count all the fruit. Why do we want you to make a commitment? What Paul would say is not that I need your gift, but I want you to be a part of the story. You're missing out if you don't give. Because God's going to supply but you're the one that's going to miss out. Would you just close your eyes for a moment this morning? And we're going to, we're going to close the service this morning. As I already mentioned, we're going to close the service with you having an opportunity to make a commitment. Hopefully you've been praying about this all week. Hopefully you've, been, uh, you've got this card in, in your bulletin this morning. And, and it's time for you to, to, to make a commitment. Joy and I finally this morning before I came to church prayed and said, what is God leading us to do? How, how much more are we going to be able to give this year than we gave last year? And, and maybe you're still wrestling with that decision. Just talk to the Lord. But I want to challenge you in a moment when we stand just to come and lay your card on the altar and, and take a minute to pray. God, I don't know how you're going to supply this but I'm trusting you. And God, whatever, wherever this money goes, wherever it finds itself in Southeast Asia or Peru or to the villages in the Philippines, to Cambodia, to the church that meets on the dump site, that you would bless this gift. Someone would call the name of Jesus and be saved. 
God, we thank you. We are humbled today that we get, to be a, we get to be a part of your story that you are writing all over the world. I thank you for these men and these women who have surrendered their lives to go. And Lord, I pray as we take a few minutes this morning just to, to, to make a commitment, to pray over that commitment. Lord, I pray that these, uh, these people in this church that have been giving for many years, that you would continue to bless them. For the people here this morning that are going to make a commitment for the first time, that you would bless them for their faith and their generosity. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity today just to give back to you. Lord, it's in your name we pray. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. We're going to sing together this morning. I, I hope it's your heart's prayer that we're just give everything back to God. Let's worship.